The Magi Visit the Messiah After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem and Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Thank you, God, for the inspiration of this word. Amen. Welcome to our Bible study for January 5th, our first Tuesday gathering of 2021. And what a blessing it is that we're still here. We're still on this journey. We're still praying and worshiping and working together as we go on this journey as followers of Jesus Christ. And today, it is no difference. I'm glad that over the past many months that we have found this avenue of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, not just for the membership and the direct community of North Coast United Methodist Church, but there's so many of you that I have not personally met who have heard these messages, have left comments and left praises and concerns, and I'm grateful for them all. Uh, today, as we move in, <clears throat> to our conversation for January the 5th, we are very much going to readdress what we looked at for our sermon for our January 3rd worship service as we moved into Epiphany. Now, Epiphany is a realization. It's, a, it's the thought. It's the thing that pops a reality in our minds. We look at the Epiphany of Jesus Christ as our Savior and our Redeemer. I want to lay some realities in this conversation today. And as I looked at this sermon on Sunday, I talked about the responsibilities of the wise men. And I took a really hard focus on how they became protectors of the message. Now, today, I, I want to look at this drastically differently because I, I want to look at the idea of epiphany as an extended timed process. I want to talk about how long epiphany 
actually happen. The reason I want to do that is as a person who grew up as a Gen Xer, we kind of live in a, in a I need it right now, give it to me now, Veruca Salt from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory sort of reality. We kind of see things based on expediency. Oh, we live in the fast food uh, culture where that we can have our Big Mac at the second that we ask for it. But if we look at the concept of epiphany, epiphany is not quick. Epiphany is not something that happens at the snap of a fingers. And where that we kind of live in the consumer, give it, it to me now culture, the process of epiphany, Epiphany is not quick. It's not expedient. It's something that takes time, care, and work to achieve. Now let's talk for a minute about why we have that idea. And it goes all the way back to Sunday school. When we look at the process of the epiphany moment, the three kings going on their journey to receive, to acknowledge the deity of Jesus Christ. We have seen it so many years of our lives in Sunday school messages that we talk about Mary and Joseph going to Bethlehem. We talk about the birth of Jesus Christ in the manger, and then we immediately talk about the three kings bringing gifts to the child. Now, I am going to very intently use the word the child. If we look at our manger scenes, so frequently we see the imagery of the baby Jesus in a manger and then we put the three kings with the gold frankincense and myrrh and then through our worshiping celebration process we see something that happens boom, boom, boom. Mary and Joseph go to Bethlehem. Jesus is born in the manger, the baby child in the manger, and then the baby child receives the gifts from the wise men. But Epiphany was not that quick. If we look at the historical process, if we look at research that others have done, the Epiphany acknowledgement doesn't really happen until Jesus is three years old. So it's not a boom, boom, boom. It's Mary and Joseph go to Bethlehem. They struggle and fumble through things. They're told that there's no room in the inn. And then Mary goes through the birthing process. And I'll share with you that birthing process was not quick. And it did not happen with the glories of medication that we have now. It was not a quick process for Mary. It wasn't go to Bethlehem, oh, there's the baby in the manger, and then here comes the kings. Everything went through its long and grueling process. I want to share that with you. Because, unfortunately, and I know many and many times it's me, 
that live within the right now mindset that they share a prayer and then they want to say amen and then they want to have the epiphany of an answer for what they've been praying for. And that is never truly the case. We're all on journeys. And where we see with our mind's eyes, Bethlehem, baby, three kings, all happening within the time, same time frame, it didn't happen. It took time. It took a journey for three kings going through the countryside traveling. It took them being stopped by Herod to be asked questions, to be examined, to hopefully find the placement of the Christ child for other nefarious means. And it was a long journey. It wasn't the immediate answer. It was a journey. And for them, that took extended time. And it's believed that Christ was three years old when the wise men arose. Let's look at it at a different angle, because I share about this quite frequently when we look at the price process of what Advent is. And Advent is this journey and this process. It's a journey. It's the acknowledgement of the identity of Jesus Christ. It's the acknowledgement of the hope, love, joy, and peace that would become embodied in the Christ child. But let's look at how long this journey actually took. As I share these things, I commonly, in my teaching, preaching style, connect the journey of Advent to the journey of those who waited for the coming of the new Messiah. The ones who waited for the coming of the fulfillment of a promise. So if you want to talk about something that didn't happen quickly, let's look at the fulfillment of the promise. We go all the way back to Moses in this conversation. We go all the way back to the apple. We go all the way back to the one who came to fulfill the promise of redemption to set us free from our mistakes. If we look at the Exodus movement, they were looking for the promised land and they moved for years upon years upon years upon years until that they finally made it to the promised land that even Moses didn't go into. It wasn't a quick process. It was a long and extended journey of learning. Within that became the desire, the longing to have the coming of the Messiah, to be the one who would fulfill the promise and set us all free. So we move to Bethlehem. Years upon years upon years upon years later, and then we have this moment of the birth of Christ. Now for us, as we look at this backwards, we see the birth of Christ as the answer to the solution. But we have to look at it once again through the full journey. 
where we live in the moment of knowing that Christ would become the Redeemer of the world, and we live within the blessings of the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, we, once again, like seeing a manger set with the Christ child in it and the three kings presenting the gifts to a child, again, it wasn't that quick. For the world that the Christ child was born in, for the baby that was in the manger and the child that received the gifts from the three kings, it was not quick. When we look at Christ as the one who became the fulfillment of the promise, Christ doesn't truly fulfill the promise until Christ lives with the creation. So we have Christ born, and for us, we celebrate the birth of the Messiah. But for those who lived in that moment, it would not be for another 30 years until Jesus Christ begins his mission. We have the Christ child. We hear about this young boy standing in a temple and reading from the Torah. But then that's it. Let's think about being the ones that are a part of that journey. You hear the rumblings and the stirrings of one who was born in Bethlehem, and it would still not be for another 30 years until you begin to hear the stories and the rumblings once again. That is another 30 years of dealing with the promise before we receive the true epiphany of salvation. Let's look at it even further because Christ begins his ministry and he becomes a well-known teacher, a person performing miracles that is rumored far and wide, but the epiphany doesn't start with Christ's ministry beginning. It takes three years for Christ to interact with those around him. And there is an importance of the interaction because there have been people on this emotional journey before the birth of Christ. There have been these dear friends on an emotional journey following the birth of the one who would become the Prince of Peace, there would be a three-year journey before the wise men arrived to proclaim with the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh the epiphany of who this child is. And then another 27 years from that before that person would begin teaching. There's a journey. It is a long, interactive process of truly living and breathing and being involved with the reality of the message of Epiphany. And then the ministry starts and then it's still not done. See, the reality of it becomes then the Savior moving with the disciples teaching them how to share the message of what 
is to be the epiphany. Jesus Christ's interaction with cultures and building bridges between divided cultures, building bridges between divided genders, building bridges between different classes of people, Jesus Christ living and breathing for three years in his ministry so that the true epiphany can be discovered. And then we get to a moment that the epiphany is real because even at the death of Jesus Christ, on Good Friday, freedom was not yet felt. And I'll share with you, there's a very special day of prayer that I go through every year. And the day of prayer that I go through every year is Holy Saturday. Holy Saturday holds a great significance for me because it's that time period of grieving that people wondered if what the kings proclaimed was true. It's a moment of wondering and grieving that if they truly believed or if it was truly true what this man taught and preached, it was the ones who followed him for three years in a ministry wondering if they had wasted their time and many more of them grieving that they lost their best friend. The epiphany still hadn't come even at that moment. At the death of Jesus Christ, the freedom was not revealed. A long, long journey of interaction, getting to a place of a true epiphany. It moves further. It moves to that beautiful day that Mary goes to the tomb and she finds that it's empty. And she hears the voice say, Mary. And realizes who's talking to her. And Mary becomes the first true preacher of the epiphany. She runs and tells the stories for other to others, and as Saint John, the most beloved, will share with you, they all ran there, and he was the fastest, and he got there first. And we have these moments of discovery 33 years later of discovering the empty tomb, discovering that the clothes were laid neatly in place, and discovering. The reality of the epiphany, but it keeps going. Because then, as the realization of the epiphany becomes more real, interaction takes place once again. And we get to the moment that Christ is with them. We get this moment on the road to Damascus that we have these people having their Emmaus moment of a realization that Jesus Christ was walking with them. We have the reality of the Apostle Paul who had mud rubbed into his eyes and washed away, and he sees the embodiment of Jesus Christ. We have the one who doubted, Thomas, who has the opportunity to put his fingers in the wounds to realize that it was really him 
And we have this moment that is proclaimed in Matthew 27 that Jesus Christ lays out the mission of living. To go ye therefore into all nations and to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And we see the ascension of Jesus Christ to glory. And that is the moment that the true epiphany happens. A long, long journey. Here's why I've just shared this with you for the last 18 minutes and 50 seconds. As we move into this new year, we have been on this journey and we want immediate answers. And we've gone on a journey that we have not been able to get immediate answers for. But we've stayed on the journey. There's so many things that we want. We all wanted to walk down the aisle of our church and receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. And we wanted everything to be taken care of on that moment. But it wasn't because our journey was not yet over. As we remember the last thing that Jesus Christ shared with us before ascending into heaven, we begin to see the true importance of what a true epiphany is. When Christ utters the last phrasing, the most important thing is to go and to care for others, to go ye therefore into all nations and to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ lays out a reality of what the epiphany is. And here's how he did it. He did it by existing. Jesus Christ calls us to go live in the lives of others. He shares as he's challenged of what the most important commandment is. He shares to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Jesus Christ's greatest epiphany is the challenge to interact and to be and to live and to care for and to motivate and to love each other. To love the world as God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent his Son not into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. A long, 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 long journey. As we pray through Epiphany, I want you to pray through the reality and importance of time. As we pray through what epiphany is, the realization of the deity of Jesus Christ, I want you to pray through the journey of revelation that it takes us all to find our places in the story. As we celebrate the epiphany of the one who came to die on the cross and raise from the dead so that we could rise from sin also. I want you to pray through the epiphany of the journey.
that enables us to experience and enjoy the blessings of those actions, but more importantly, include others on that journey with us so that they can experience them as well. Live through the journey of Epiphany together as we celebrate the Redeemer of the world and the salvation that has set us free, the God who was willing to journey with us to lay down a path that we can find freedom and salvation. That's today's Reflection on Sunday and for January 5th. My name is the Reverend Michael Drew Davis. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. God is the epiphany of a journey that creates salvation for us all. Amen. We'd like to have the opportunity to get to know you. Please email us at ncumcinfo at gmail.com. And if you've been enjoying our services online, please email us. Please say hello. Again, that's ncumcinfo at gmail.com. And also, if you'd like to give to our church, please go to northcoastumc.org and click on the Give button. Again, that's northcoastumc.org and click on the Give button. Thank you for joining us.